0: Well, good morning, family. Um, My name is Ryan. I'm one of the servant leaders here. And besides this morning, it kind of feels like summer has started, right? Summer has started, school's out, life is good, unless you're a stay-at-home mom. Just kidding, kind of. (laughs) You know what I mean, if you're one. So anyways, (laughs) someone tell me what this is. This is the jersey. Can anyone tell me what jersey this is? West Bend East Suns, right? A football jersey. Now, if you played for West football, you would have a Spartan jersey. If you played for Kiwaskum or Richfield or Hartford or Slinger or somewhere else, you would have one of their jerseys. And uh, imagine if you didn't have distinguishing jerseys, how crazy it would be on the football field trying to figure out who's who, right? But there's something more than just kind of knowing what team is what when you're playing that this signifies this signifies a certain pride a a camaraderie a certain element of being a part or a piece of something bigger than yourself playing a role on a team now. I remember when I was growing up playing football and I didn't even need to tell you that you could tell from my build that I played. But anyways, so I remember when I was growing up playing football and I really did play football that there was something that happened with these jerseys on game day that really had nothing to do with the game. Does anyone remember what happens? Maybe it starts in middle school for sure. High school with these jerseys for football players before they even get to the game. What do they do with them? Somebody else wears them, or sometimes uh, the player themselves, yeah, sometimes like girlfriends, whatever, but this is where I'm going with this, is the, the player themselves wears the jersey the day of the game, right? And why do they do that? Because there's excitement. It's kind of fun. Football was my favorite sport because there was nothing like running out onto the field for the game, but you wear the jersey to uh, signify that you're part of the team. There's pride with that. Here's my question. Does wearing the jersey make someone part of the team? No, they're already part of the team. This just shows that they're part of the team, right? Well, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a subject matter that has a lot of different thoughts that come from a lot of different traditions and a lot of different history. And the subject matter is the topic of baptism as we continue our series in Acts. And what we're going to see is what baptism symbolizes. And we're going to critically kind of examine this subject. And I want to be really clear. My intent is not to discount other traditions and how they view baptism. That's not my intent, but it is important as we seek to be a family of followers of Jesus helping others follow Jesus that we explore this subject matter because Jesus commanded it So we should know what it symbolizes what it means, right? So that's what we're going to do I'm going to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2 in order to look at this subject matter We're going to continue our series Acts chapter 2 I was going to give you a little bit of context of how we got to the point We're going to read this morning, but the Schwartz Girls just did that So for the context up to the verse we read See what they just said. (laughs) The actual Bible story, okay? But we're going to read in Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 36. Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, all the Jewish people. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message, that's important, those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, have you ever had an instance where you really, really screwed up and then you really, really felt bad about it and really, really wanted to make atone for it, make amends? You've ever had that situation? That's where the Jewish people find themselves in verse 36 and 37. It says that they were cut to the heart. They realized the gravity of their mistake of just being a part of killing Jesus. The long-promised Savior that they're like, wow, yeah, that's who that was now. They realize it. It's like, aha. And they're like, what can we do to make it right? We now believe he is who he said he is. They say Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So on the surface, it says what they're to do is repent and be baptized, and it says what will happen, their sins will be forgiven and they'll receive the Holy Spirit. That's what this says, right? It says this is true for them for their children, for um, those who are far off, meaning probably the Gentiles, and all that God would call, meaning everyone that God would call to believe in and follow him from that point forward. Those who accepted his message, verse 41, that's so important. What that means is everything that the sports girls just read, that Peter described about Jesus, they're now like, we get it. We believe it. We've made a mistake. And so we're going to turn from this way of thinking To this way of thinking we're going to turn from this way of living to this way of living and orient our lives around jesus But it's passages like this that I think bring some confusion Because if you were to look at just this passage and think about our subject of baptism It would seem to say just this passage that if you're baptized your sins are forgiven, wouldn't it? It kind of seems to link those two together Uh, repentance We'll we'll get to what that means. But repentance is this huge concept in the scriptures, whether Old Testament or New Testament. Repentance is a large theme and it involves two things. It goes from one way of thinking, repenting and turning to a new way of thinking, the correct way of thinking. And it goes from turning from a wrong way of living to turning to a right way of living, revolving around Jesus, revolving around God. So um, I'm an ironer. Anybody else an ironer? Anybody iron their shirts? I do it a lot in the morning because they're wrinkled and I don't like to have wrinkled shirts, right? So anyways, what I usually do, kids don't try this at home, disclaimer. What I usually do is I put my shirt on the ironing board because that's what it was invented for and that's the best way to iron a shirt. Last week I was in a little bit of a hurry, uh, running a little bit late, and I thought, you know what? I've got two layers on. I bet I could just iron my shirt without... Taking the time, the hassle, take my overshirt off, put it on the ironing board, etc. I've done it before, you know, you get those little like bumps here when you have a hanger on a shirt, whatever. I've done that before, and when it gets hot, you just stop. Well, so I was going okay until I made one fatal error. Guess what button I hit? Yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like, what you just said. I hit the steam button and instantaneously the spot right here in the shape of a mini Florida became very, very warm. So I went to show my wife and she's like, you got to show our kids that to show them not what to do. I'm like, thank you. And I told my daughter and she's like, how could you be so stupid? She just said what all of us are thinking, right? So here's my point with this. Besides that, I think I am intelligent, except that time. I have repented of believing that I can iron my shirt while it's on my body and turn to the correct belief that I need to put it on the ironing board. That action leads to an action, too, right? I'm not going to do this and hit the steam button. I'm going to put it on there and do it the correct way. That's almost like how the scriptures portray repentance, In This passage right and in this passage, it's going from believing that jesus is not god the long-promised messiah To he is that he offers us relationship with god the father forgiveness of sins through faith in him And i'm going to turn from leading my life not oriented around him to leading my life oriented around him submitting to him That's the reason in a passage like this They can talk about baptism and forgiveness of sins in the same realm because they would have no one who was baptized who hadn't already accepted his message. Verse 41. Repented from this way of thinking to this way of thinking about Jesus, this way of living not for Jesus, this way of living for Jesus. No one in that 3,000 wouldn't have done that. So that's why they can talk about forgiveness of sins when they talk about baptism. Because it includes repentance and faith in the mind of the author who wrote this. It's interesting to note what's commonplace amongst many traditions um, nowadays to baptize babies, if you look at this timeline, it, it wasn't commonplace until about 200 years after Jesus. You look at 220, uh, Tertullian, opposed infant baptism, 220, I can't pronounce his name, Hippo, only believers, only followers of Jesus who could make that decision. And then you look, 350 was a, an explicit command to baptize babies. And if you... Have followed church history or know some about church history, there's something that happened in 380. The Roman Empire made Christianity the official religion of the day. So, what that meant is following Jesus went from the realm of choice to edict. You're Christians. Why? Because you're a Roman citizen. The problem with that is you can't make an edict for the human heart, they don't change the human heart. Only God does. Only God can allow someone to repent. And believe and in the subject of baptism here's what i imagine happen so you have christians trying to figure out um to to follow jesus and they're doing what they deem was best for infants there was a high mortality rate they knew that all of us as humans were yes we're created in the image of god but we come into this world with a propensity to live for our sin and self. It's called the sin nature, the scriptures say. And so they're like, how do we deal with that sin nature? How do we deal with sin in order that if something were to happen to a baby and they pass, they don't go to hell? This, this was the wrestle. And they're like, well, we'll baptize them. And that'll take care of it. Right? And so they thought that if they baptize a baby, their sins would be forgiven which then means you have eternal life, you spend eternity with God. And I understand how I could how this could play out in Christian traditions. I was baptized as a baby. Most of you probably were too. And the reason why? Because the our parents were doing what they thought was best for us because the traditions we grew up said that's what was best for us, right? At Kettlebrook what we encourage is people who are youth or old enough to understand and and or adults to be baptized as followers of jesus who make that choice themselves and here's why how many of you who are baptized as babies remember it great occasion remember the food remember the party after nobody right why you're a baby you can't how many of you when you're baptized as a baby i'm including myself in this how many of you repented of not believing that jesus was god offered forgiveness of sins relationship with god turned to repented and believing in him Changed your way of living. You weren't going to cry as much and demand the bottles off. No, right? And turn to following Jesus. No, right? You can't. Why? Because we were babies. We can't decide to believe in and follow Jesus at that point. We just don't have the capabilities. So does being baptized as a baby, am I saying it's harmful? No, I'm not saying it's harmful. But I'm just saying I don't know if it's helpful from a scriptural um, under, from a scriptural perspective. And what I think happens is I know in a lot of traditions um, That you'll have a baby baptized and then there's a process including classes that leads up to something called confirmation And during confirmation you're supposed to confirm the faith that was either given to you or wanted for you I don't know different traditions understand it differently, but confirm what happened when you were infant, right? And I would imagine for some who go through that confirmation process. It's meaningful. It's personal and maybe they do what this passage talks about. Repent and believe in that process. I know for a lot of people, myself included at that age, I never finished. I didn't want to finish. I was kicking and screaming not to go to classes. Why? Because I was typical. So anyways, but right for a lot of people, it's just kind of going through the motions, just like it was for me. So the danger lies in my mind that we have a whole bunch of people we love and we care about, friends, neighbors, coworkers, family members, Who I've been at funerals where it said because of their baptism they're now with you in heaven So I want to be I want to be delicate here, but that's not what the scriptures teach And so the danger in my mind lies in all these people I care about friends family neighbors Co-work. Well not co-workers in this case. Okay, let's put it in this that would be a problem Friends family neighbors people. I care about who are like I'm good with God Why? Well, something that happened way long ago that was not my choice that really doesn't impact my life now. But I wonder if the Scriptures would say, in essence, that that's like wearing a football jersey without being a part of the team. It's not meaningful. It's not personal. It's not theirs. And again, I am not coming down on anyone. I'm not coming down on traditions. I love and care about people. That's why I want them to to believe in Jesus themselves and to show that publicly themselves by being baptized. If you look at this, this this isn't my view, this is the Scripture's view, what I'm talking about. Look at Acts with me. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took him and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. So saved, believe, and then baptized. Next, please. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. Belief, baptized. Next, please. Crispus. Can we bring that name back? Anybody? Anybody pregnant? Crispus. The synagogue ruler and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. Again, you see, belief and baptism, this is the normal, customary progression. Repentance, belief, baptism, right? That shows that repentance and belief in Jesus. Now, although I'm saying, from the scriptural perspective, baptism doesn't accomplish things, there's rich symbolism in it, very rich symbolism, isn't it? Look at Romans chapter 6 with me. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we've been united with him like this in his death, we'll certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. Symbolizes death to our old way of thinking, old way of living, being raised to a new life. It symbolizes that with a new power through the Holy Spirit to live that, right? Also, 1 John 3.1 one talks about the symbolism jesus says be baptized in the name of the father son holy spirit there's symbolism with each of the three members of the trinity in god the father symbolizes what first john 3 1 says how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we might be called children of god jesus was baptized he didn't have to be but the father affirmed his love for the son in that i remember One of our brothers in Christ who's at the Jackson site his name's Richard and he shared during Easter It's funny because we have this relationship where i'll ask him things and i'll push him out of his comfort zone And he'll say no this time he said yes He he shared at easter, right? And I remember the last thing he said this is the last sentence or two I'm realizing more and more that he god Loves me and like a good dad. He likes to give good gifts to his kids God is awesome, and i'm proud to have him as my father and I as child Isn't that amazing? When we come to understand even a fraction of how wide and long and high and deep is the love of the Father for us, that He delights in us, not because of what we do, but because we're His sons and His daughters, it gives us motivation internally to live for Him. So I was excited but not shocked when the other day Richard told me something. He said, Ryan, I think I want to be baptized. Why? Why? He's more and more coming to realize the love the father has for him. It's like that makes sense to me, right? It makes sense to me. Baptism also symbolizes like we talked about this morning, a reorientation of our heart and our lives, a submission to a new king, King Jesus. Right. Another brother in Christ. um, I've been who's a friend of mine been talking with and he gave me permission to share. He's trying to get to yes faster. He's trying to get to yes faster. What that means is with limited time, with limited energy, with limited resources, he wants to free himself in that realm. He wants to get to yes faster into loving and serving others with that time that he has left. He wants to get to yes faster in investing relationally in others with that little bit of time he has left. He wants to be used by God and get to yes faster when the Holy Spirit kind of puts things on our hearts and you know how we do it where we're kind of like, no, no. No, no, and maybe we indefinitely say no or maybe it takes us a long time to get over here to yes To what god asks us to do he wants to get there faster that's also Part of what baptism symbolizes baptizing in the name of the son and that our lives are now seeking to be oriented around him And what he would like and how he would want to use us But I think the the last thing I want to talk about that baptism symbolizes is it symbolizes a commissioning of sorts it even did for jesus What happened right before he spent three years in his public ministry? He was baptized, right? He was commissioned, in essence, by God the Father. I signed up uh, to receive a daily email for a period, a 30-day period that Muslims just got done celebrating. Anybody know what that's called? Ramadan, right? And I want to share with you one email I got. Throughout our years in the Middle East, our family has been welcomed into countless homes during Ramadan. We've been invited to enjoy iftar, the meal marking the end of the day's fast with Syrian refugees, our next-door neighbors, and even a large family in a neighboring city. These visits can sometimes go as late as midnight. Fortunately, our children usually adjust well to these late nights. Ramadan isn't just for fasting, though. More than any other time of the year, Muslims spend this month reflecting on their relationship with God. When we break the fast with our friends, we often expect to have deeper conversations and more opportunities to share about Jesus. One special Iftar invitation, however, gave us far more than we expected. Before the start of Ramadan, my teammate Kevin and I walked into a hardware store and we were welcomed by Lamin, the store manager. He's the youngest of several brothers and the son of a prominent Islamic teacher in the city. Well, as often happens here, our conversation turned to religion and Kevin and I shared some stories about Jesus. When, we heard that the, when he heard that these were from the word of God, Lamin asked us to tell him more. They said no no i'm kidding and more discussion about after more discussion about christ We offered a prayer of blessing over his family and asked if he wanted to learn more from the bible another time He said he did and he insisted we come back to visit soon Well in the weeks that followed kevin and I returned several more times to study the bible with lamine With every visit he showed a deeper hunger to understand god's word He also shared some of the struggles he was facing He told us how he and his wife had been trying to get pregnant for years She had conceived but lost her child one month before the due date. Both Lamine and his wife were still grieving the recent miscarriage. So right there in his door, Kevin and I bowed our heads and prayed for him. And in that moment, God met Lamine powerfully and filled him with a peace and a comfort unlike any he'd ever known. When Ramadan started shortly after, Lamine called me, Would you and Kevin join me in fasting for a whole day, he asked. Then please come break the fast with me. Well, thrilled by the invitation, we agreed, and just before sunset... Kevin and I arrived at his home. As we ate a feast of chicken and lamb kebabs, we discussed Luke chapter 5, a passage in which Jesus calls Levi, the tax collector, to follow him. By the end of our meal, Lamina announced, I am ready to follow Jesus Christ too. With our hearts rejoicing, the three of us talked about what it would look like for him to live as a disciple. Then we encouraged him to tell the Lord what he was committing to do. Listen to this next part. I'll follow you, Lord Jesus, Lamine declared as we prayed together. You're my Savior, and I will tell my family and my community about what you've done for me. Praise God. With Lamine's iftar invitation, we gained a new brother in the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? And that doesn't talk about baptism specifically, but do you notice the first thing that Lamine thought about after he said, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, is I'll tell my family and my community about all that you've done for me. That's amazing. That's part of what baptism symbolizes living our lives to show and tell how good and how amazing our God is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So I've just got a little bit more some of you are like good. (laughs) If I were to wrap it up, I would say baptism symbolizes being a part of team Jesus. Belief in him that he is God that he can forgive our sins, offers us right relationship with God the Father, and then orient our lives around living for him. That's what baptism symbolizes. Now, if you haven't been baptized as a youth or an adult, we'd invite you to consider that. Why? Because then it would be your decision. Then it would be your choice, rather than someone else who was even doing what they thought best. But it's personal then. We practice uh, youth, adults, Being baptized we do it every year once a year we do it outside of that too But in west bend we go to regner park in jackson. We go to pike lake So we'd invite you to consider it. This is a really important step in following jesus. Jesus commanded it He did it himself And then he told his disciples to go and baptize in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit And well, I said baptism symbolizes a lot and it doesn't accomplish it There is a boldness that comes with it I think when people take that step to publicly say I'm on Team Jesus in essence. Also, if this is... This might be brand new information. You might have never heard a message like this regarding baptism. If that's you and you'd like to process more, let me know. If you know someone in the gathering who's maybe... Uh, followed Jesus a little bit longer, you could process with them. We can hook you up with a pastor or elder here at the West Bend site too. But um, don't take my word for it. Look at it yourself. Look at the scriptures. If you want a dialogue... Um, It's hard to dialogue in a setting like this, but we'd love to dialogue about it We'd love to answer any questions There's probably questions you have that I couldn't answer because I get 30 minutes and because I can't think of them all We'd love to dialogue about you And if you'd like to learn more about taking that step of baptism, feel free to reach out to us too Sound good? Let's pray together Father, thank you for um, Thank you for this family and I pray that you would just continue to by the Spirit to empower us to be a family of followers of Jesus who help others follow Jesus and Father, there may be some here this morning in our family who this is brand new information, and maybe they don't like what I said maybe they don't see it the way I see it that's okay. Father, we pray that you'd be gracious to all of us myself included we pray that we could dialogue um, that we could ask questions that we could talk with one another and God, there might be some who want to learn more about taking that step of being baptized, of saying, I'm on Team Jesus, and I want to show it. I want to symbolize it through being baptized. So, Father, thank you for this message, your scriptures, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.